your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most importantly, we just really love and appreciate your support. Every listen means the world to me, and uh, we thank you very much for all of your feedback and, you know, all of your support throughout these times. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day. On tonight's podcast, I wanted to do a couple of previews from the upcoming games this weekend. The Jets have a back-to-back, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about next week and kind of what is going to be approaching the start of a very busy time period for Winnipeg. And then at the end, I kind of want to talk about the overall direction of the team, some of the comments that were made by the coaching staff today, and, you know, what my reaction is, because I think ultimately there's a big question about what is what is the future of this team, and is it going to be under Dave Lowry? And if it is, you know, what are we looking at? But if it's not, and he's not really the guy to lead us to, you know, the next the next step of this team's future, then who is going to fill that void? That question, I think, I don't really have a good answer for, but in the meantime, I can at least talk about, you know, what I think a scenario with or without Lowry might look like, and what I might be interested in seeing from, you know, a future coach that would potentially fill that void. Before we talk about the uh, the longer-term future of the Jets, though, let's talk about some of the basic stuff that Winnipeg is going to be dealing with over the next couple of games. Up first is the Boston Bruins, and uh, Boston... They're a bit of an odd squad. Uh, You know, my impression is that this season for them has been something of a mixed bag. This is a team that is definitely past uh, the best years of its prime, but it still has quite a bit of scoring talent. Pasternak is finally starting to break the ice on some of his scoring droughts. Um, Charlie McAvoy is still excellent. You've got Jake DeBrusque, who is coming back into the rotation and seemingly, uh, you know, after requesting a trade of a sort, has kind of worked himself back into the starting uh, lineup, especially towards like the top six. And, you know, you've got Bergeron, Marchand. So on paper, I, I think that this team, especially for the Jets on the road, is going to be an absolute nightmare. And it's not because the Bruins are particularly fast, but they're very experienced. They have, uh, you know, veteran knowledge of how to break down teams in the offensive zone. They've got a good coach in Cassidy. He's been pretty progressive, relatively speaking, and lets his players be aggressive when it's appropriate. Uh, The only thing that I think maybe could help the Jets out is the goaltending situation for uh, Boston isn't super ideal. But beyond that, I think Winnipeg would have to hope for the the Bruins to be on the slower side and maybe not quite as rested as as some of their other opponents. I would predict a loss for the Jets, though. I, I just feel like Boston is a team that, you know... They they just beat Washington after the Caps beat the Jets in overtime, and it just seems like Boston has continued to be at least something of a nuisance in the Atlantic Division. I don't think that they're the type of team that's going to make a super deep playoff run, but 
looking at the Jets and what they've accomplished uh, this season and kind of the direction Lowry is taking them, I'm not super enthusiastic. And then their Sunday game, I'm even less excited about. This is going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, my guess is Hellebuck will get that game while Comrie takes tomorrow's game against the Bruins. Um, but the Pens, yeah, Pittsburgh, man, I, <laughs> what can you even say about this team? I mean, it doesn't really seem to matter what they do, whether they have like 20 injuries, five injuries, no matter what. It just feels like uh, Mike Sullivan has continually gotten the best out of this team year in and year out. And this season, despite all of the stuff that has happened to them, they're still in the mix for a playoff spot. They've been an absolute mess, uh, you know, on the IR and, and COVID lists, but it's not really stopping their momentum. And as long as they can get some at least league average stuff from Tristan Jari and whoever else is the backup, this is a team that's going to be super hard to deal with. And, and so far, I just feel like, you know, Pittsburgh is the team that always seems to summon like some serious devil magic to win. But Sullivan, I just think he is that good at understanding what his, what his roster strengths are and how to uh, really take advantage of his opponents. And so, you know, I think the Jets don't have a lot of uh, foot speed right now, and they're also lacking in depth and skill which is going to be a problem against a Penguins team that loves to hit you on the counter and often has lots of over overlapping routes, lots of rotation, and stuff that I think for the Jets is going to confuse them and put them in a, a difficult position. Now, the Jets actually have been pretty competitive against the Penguins over the past couple of seasons. It's not like they get smoked all that often, but... You know, this season, with all the chaos with the Jets, a lot of the changes around the team, uh, the current injury situations and stuff, I'm not super feeling confident about it. Uh, Blake Wheeler is going to be coming back at some point during this trip. Um, and if he gets back on the first line with Shifley, which it sounds like, you know, that's what Lowry is pushing for, it just feels like everything that Paul Maurice kind of left because of is not really going away anytime soon. And so... If that happens this weekend, which I, I don't think it will, I think Wheeler will be eased back in. But, you know, if he if he somehow ends up in the top six, the Jets are going to have some issues. I, I think, unfortunately, at this stage of his career, Wheeler is just behind the curve a bit. He can't really keep up with, like, 25 minutes a night. Even 20 minutes is a lot to ask of him. And, you know, I just feel like, despite the lack of depth, I'd still look to put him somewhere on, like, the third line. You know, I think that that would be a more appropriate role I think it'd give the Jets a lot better balance. And honestly, I think he'd be pretty good in that more depth uh, offensive role where you're not asking him to be one of the league creators. It's more like he can kind of be, uh, you know, a veteran savvy with also pretty good distribution skills and, you know, can relieve the stress on the top six a bit because right now the first two lines are being asked to do everything and it's not really going super well. After that, you know, the Jets have a really crowded schedule starting uh, basically the beginning of February and running all the way till March. And we'll talk about the first few games of uh, February as well as some of the games to close out uh, this current January period in just a little bit. But before we move on, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. 
Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super-sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are walking through Winnipeg's upcoming slate of games as it is going to be very crowded. We just talked about the weekend games against Boston and uh, Pittsburgh, but there are uh, a couple of other games that are coming up next week and the week after that, you know, the Jets are going to have some issues with, I gotta be honest. This is probably going to be one of the biggest tests of Dave Lowry's um, early coaching tenure, and I'm not really expecting a lot, but let's talk about the games. On Tuesday, the Jets will be welcoming in the Florida Panthers, which this game for Winnipeg, you know, I don't care whether it's on the road or at home, this Panthers team just seemingly destroys people. Uh, The closest opponent that I could think they would compare favorably to is probably the Colorado Avalanche. Like the Avs, they're an extremely high-octane offense that scores anywhere from four to six goals a game and seemingly does it without much trouble. They've also got great goaltending in Sergei Bobrovsky, but maybe where they depart from the Avs a bit is that defensively, I feel like the Panthers have probably figured it out just a bit better, especially if they have to spend more time in their own end. This team, you know, for me, is probably one of my top contenders for the Cup. I've talked about him a couple times this year. They are just super deep. They have a great mobile blue line. They've got extremely strong goaltending. They've got a great forward unit. It's really hard to dislike this team um, and what they've really put together. I, th- I think that there's a ton of underrated talent, and I think with the style that they're going to play, especially if they start drawing penalties, you know, the Jets might be in a good deal of trouble. Maybe Winnipeg totally shocks me, but I just feel like with the direction uh, the lineups look to be moving, I feel like the Panthers are going to be Winnipeg's kryptonite. After that, the Jets then welcome the Canucks in on the following Thursday, which Vancouver, I don't think is going to be all that difficult. I mean, they are a pretty okay-ish team under Boudreaux. I don't think that they've really hit their stride yet, and this is still a roster that, quite frankly, has a lot of things to improve on, which, you know, Boudreaux can only do so much. He just joined this team recently. Uh, Obviously, the roster itself has had a lot of issues thanks to the former um, general management and the front office staff that kind of assembled it. But, you know, now there's a fresh slate. Now that there's uh, more time to figure things out, Vancouver might still be a frustrating team to deal with. Petr Schoen is starting to wake up, and that's got to be scary for the rest of the uh, the Western Conference because Elias is amazing, especially when he's at his full stride and he's really enjoying his hockey. You know, if you're missing that that elite finishing talent he once displayed, it looks like it's back. After that, the Jets have a mixture of very interesting teams. They've got the Blues uh, on the road on that Saturday, just about to close out January. And then they've got the Flyers on the, the first Tuesday of February, and then the Wild on like a week afterwards. That's kind of when the, uh, the really busy schedule starts with the Olympic break um, that has basically been 
rescheduled for the Jets as all of their makeup games from the postponements. So this stretch, I, I, I think the Jets probably have an okay shot at collecting like maybe four of six points, three if things go really badly. Uh, the Blues are a very difficult team, and you know the Jets on the road against the squad, it's going to be a pretty hard-fought battle. I think they tend to play St. Louis pretty closely, but you know with the way that the Blues are trending up right now, I feel like the Jets are a bit in over their heads. Um, the next opponent is going to be the easiest of the bunch. It's going to be the Flyers, and this is a team that is just everything that could go wrong is going wrong. They're, I think, on the verge or have already accomplished another 10-game losing streak this year, which it's pretty mind-boggling how far they've fallen. And for once, it's not the goaltending. It's just like everything else has been a serious problem. Carter Hart, unfortunately, isn't really getting any support, and it seems like the Flyers are poised to be very major sellers at the deadline. Maybe Vigneault wasn't the best coach, but everything that's happened afterwards yeah, it's pretty ugly. The final game that we'll talk about is the very first game of, like, Winnipeg's, I believe it's, like, their postponed schedule. This is going to start an extremely busy period for the Jets. They're going to be facing off against the Wild at home, and after that, you know, most of the games that the Jets have to make up should be uh, at uh, Canada Life Center, so I'm hoping for the Jets to at least start to, to regain some of their home form. This would be a pivotal time for the Jets to collect at least a couple of points and start to maybe put the season back in gear. You know, the past couple of weeks have been a bit strange for Winnipeg. Um, there's been a lot of schedule disruptions. The team hasn't really looked amazing in some of their games. Even some of their wins were not super uh, dominant or, or all that impressive. You know, a couple of games here I thought were good, but for the most part, it's been a little bit of squeaky bum time. And so, you know, a, a homestand, a really long one, should be a chance for the Jets to get things back on track. But... I still have a lot of skepticism about the direction of the team, and I wanted to kind of explore that in a little bit because I feel like people are, are wanting to give Dave Lowry the benefit of the doubt, which under most circumstances I think he does deserve it. It's just with the decisions that he's making and some of the stuff that he's doing, it's it's clear that he's not as different from Paul Maurice as I think people were hoping. I think that he has a couple of philosophical changes that are better than what Maurice used to believe in, but the overall uh, structure and some of the uh, the longer-term systems implementations, I have some questions about, and we'll kind of explore that in just a little bit. But before then, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.ag should be your number one destination for all of your online betting needs during this holiday season. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Not into football? No problem, because BetOnline has you covered for all of the other sports action you could possibly want. It should be your number one destination for all your online betting needs. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Whether you want to play some bets on a Baltimore Ravens game, or you're more interested in who might be your standout scorer from the next Winnipeg Jets outing, BetOnline should be the only place you place your online bets on that next hotly anticipated game. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so don't hesitate to sign up today for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. 
We are closing out tonight with some thoughts on the direction of the Jets uh, before they enter an extremely busy period of their schedule. This, for me, is going to be one of the most important times. Uh, I know every game does matter, but this in particular, when teams are kind of firming up playoff uh, positions, this is kind of the time when the Jets really have to buckle down and figure out what they are. This season has been, of course, very difficult for Winnipeg to kind of work around because, you know, obviously Maurice leaving uh, left a bit of a vacuum. And so Lowry has stepped in, but in many ways I think Lowry has a lot of similarities to Maurice. Uh, They definitely like that veteran savvy. They, you know, try to keep around uh, a roster that often has guys that they view as quality for the penalty kill. They like those big, tall players, very physical And one thing that does stick out with Lowry is that he definitely seems to like his depth lines a lot, which it's not necessarily the worst thing, but the problem then becomes how those depth lines are are structured and when they're used. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, Lowry does approach things in a similar manner to how Maurice used to. Uh, He's definitely very interested in having specific role players and role lines and I often find myself wondering if that's the best way to go about things. Uh, On the one hand, Lowry wants the team to be really aggressive, and I like that. He's got a really fast forecheck. It's very uh, physical in the corners. It looks to create turnovers and rapidly create chaos in the slot. And when it's working the way he intends it to, it actually is pretty, uh, pretty good to watch. The Jets can be very fast, very dangerous, and kind of fun. The problem then becomes what happens away from the offensive zone and when you you kind of move away from like the top couple of lines because then you start seeing a lot of the third line and this unit doesn't really have a lot of scoring ability. Adam, you know, at this stage of his career is probably more of like a defensive fourth line center, not really somebody that I would be asking to be somebody who carries a lot of the offensive burden. And then the wingers with him... It's usually like Jansen Harkins, um, maybe Toninato at times if Toninato is off the fourth line. It doesn't really matter. Uh, just having Harkins and Lowry together usually means that this line isn't really going to be doing a lot inside the offensive zone. Harkins, for me, I think just hasn't really been uh, more than a depth forward who definitely does have skill, but actually using it in conjunction with his line mates hasn't really resulted in maybe the kind of results he was looking for. Um, Adam, you know, he's he's not really doing a lot himself in terms of creating offense in the slot. He definitely does still take quite a few individual shots, but I think the days of him being like a really imposing force in front of the net and alongside his teammates, it's probably past that stage. Maybe there's just a, a an issue of chemistry or something. Maybe the line fit isn't great for him, but I, I tend to think as he's getting older, and he's had a number of injuries over the past couple of years. I just feel like the the version of him that, you know, racked up so many points over the past couple of years, it might be uh, past that point. But his dad doesn't really seem to necessarily agree with that, and the same can be said of Paul Maurice. You know, both the members of the coaching staff really liked Adam's game and kind of deployed him a lot, and it kind of comes at the expense of some other players. You know, Evgeny Svechnikov only played a couple of minutes uh, in the game against, uh, who was it, Nashville, which I I was kind of surprised by because if he was injured and that's why he couldn't play a lot, then it would have made sense to put Christian Reichel in. But, you know, they had him out there. It doesn't seem like he's 
actually injured, and it does seem like he might be healthy scratched in tomorrow's game against Boston or maybe in the game against Pittsburgh, maybe both. And for me, I, I don't really understand that. You know, I've thought Svechnikov has been fine in his performances. Even like the mediocre version of him is still probably more effective than some of the guys currently in the lineup. Um, and so with this team, it just seems like there are certain players that they haven't really gotten a liking to for some reason, even though under the surface they're doing pretty well. Heinola still hasn't been given a chance. Stanley is still in the lineup. Harkins is still on the third line. Uh, Pagansky is, is looking to be apparently a more full-time member. I don't know if that's just like a cap thing and maybe he's actually coming out over the weekend. I don't really know yet, but I feel like this team needs to be looking outside the organization for a true head coach. Uh, Dave is doing the best that he can, but I think his lack of head coaching experience at the pro level has been pretty apparent, um, especially when it comes to like in-game adjustments. Sometimes it feels like he puts guys out there uh, in combos that on paper might seem effective to him, but you know, you're know you looking at the chemistry and the, the play styles that you're trying to align to, and these guys aren't really on the same page. So I think that there is room for, for Dave to grow in this position, but the Jets also have to be honest and recognize they don't have all that much time to make the most of this roster. So can you afford to wait for Lowry to really work his magic and start to get accustomed to this level of uh, coaching? Or do you want to recruit outside and look for somebody more progressive? I would probably go with the latter option, in part because I don't think Dave is going to change a lot of how he thinks. I think the way that we're seeing him coach right now is most likely going to be, for the most part, what we see with him going forward. Maybe he makes a few adjustments here and there, but I'm not entirely convinced of that yet. It still seems like he's keeping things uh, pretty consistent across the board, and the consistency is maybe what concerns me because some of those decisions I, I have a few questions about. Um, you know, especially in the game against Nashville, the game against Colorado, actual playoff squads. It's a little bit iffy, but you know, I'm not going to harp on it too much. Obviously, this is a weird season, and you know, Paul Maurice kind of left and and didn't really give the Jets. A ton of options in terms of a coaching staff change, but I hope Winnipeg is doing due diligence and looking for a really capable successor who can make the most of this team because looking at how Lowry is approaching things and the current jet schedule that's coming up over the next few weeks, it feels like this is the point at which Winnipeg might actually slip out of playoff contention. I see this team as a maximum of like a playoff wildcard spot, but most likely going to miss just barely. I'd be curious to know where you rank the Jets and how you might think about fixing things. You know, what kind of coaches would you be interested in if there's somebody out there that you actually have in mind? Maybe it's somebody in college. Uh, maybe it's somebody in the junior leagues. I'd love to hear it and be sure to let me know who you think might fill this void at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For now, though, that is going to do it. We'll have more content next week previewing and reviewing Winnipeg's current slate of games. But for tonight's episode, that is all the time that we have. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe today. And as always, thank you for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!